0: chapter 16 verse 18. We still believe the way up is down, right? That's backwards, of course, to the world, but we know that's the way it works in the program of God. Matthew 16, 18, the words of the Lord Jesus. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, which is little stone, Petra, little stone. Upon this rock, I will build my church, which certainly was not on the little stone, because the little stone backslid just a little bit after this, but it was on the revelation of who Jesus was. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. First Timothy 3:14 and 15. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the ecclesia, an assembly, gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place or an assembly. In a Christian sense, an assembly of Christians gathered for worship in a religious meeting. So this is what the church is, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And the ground is a stay or a prop or a support. So in reality, it's no wonder Satan is going to do his best to destroy The church. Now he will destroy this church, not so much this building here, but I'm talking about the church that Jesus said he would build as his own. But I'll tell you what he'll do on the other hand. He will build, support, multiply, strengthen, and grow his own church. Because Satan also has a church, they are his wife. They are his wife. I'm glad we don't belong to that church. You see, he never had one until the New Testament. But once he saw what God was doing, he thought that was a great idea. Then he decided he would make his own church. And he has. They're called different names and different titles, but every one of them that are contrary to God's word belongs to the devil. Now, none of them, of course, would ever say, that they are Satan worshipers. None of them would ever draw a pentagram. They'd never get goat's blood. They'd never do all that stuff. Um, but what they do is, Jesus said in Saint Mark 7, how be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, which is seed of discrepancy. I would mean, like to be remembered tonight as we pray. Heavenly Fathers, we bow our heads in your presence. It's with gratitude and thanksgiving, Lord, that we are here tonight. and We're so thankful, Father, for all that you mean to us. We love you, Jesus, so much. Thank you for the strength that you give us from day to day. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you for the manifestation of your presence among us. We thank you, Lord, for people of God that still want to live right, still want to serve you, still want to be your people. To us, that's the greatest and highest honor that any of us could ever have. We've assembled here tonight, Lord, that we might be able to sing, pray, worship, clap our hands, turn in prayer requests, Father, sing with all of our hearts to you as a group and then as individuals and then as choirs and so on as we've already heard tonight. And then we come to this most important part, the preaching and the hearing of the word. Now, we believe, Father, that it'll take you to help us. It'll help. Definitely, I need your help. To help me to get out of the way and help me to say something that'll bless your people. They need you too, Lord. They need you to anoint their ability to hear. Because we know just because we've got ears on the side of our head don't mean that we can hear the voice of God. But that's what we want to hear. So help us tonight. Speak to us, Father. May we be better when we leave this place tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated, saints. Looking at the pattern of what God himself established in making the church. Now truly, if if he's the one that's going to make it, then I, I think in order for us to be able to judge each and every church, we'd have to be able to do it by what the author said himself. Now, you know that I like antiques, both Carol and I both do like them, and there's a certain period of antiques that we like, and it's called the Victorian period, Then the end of the Victorian period was the Italian Renaissance, and the Victorian period, they used a lot of arches, and they used a lot of deep uh, carvings and engravings and things like that. At the end of that period, before Charles G. Eastlake began to manufacture furniture, they had the end of that of the Italian Renaissance. So, Carol and I wanted a a big bed, a big, big, large bed. So, I'd seen several of them. It's called a half-tester. And I'd seen several of them, and they were multiplied thousands and thousands of dollars. So, I thought, after looking at a bunch of magazines and looking at a bunch of them beds, I thought I could make one. So I started getting a bunch of pictures and I'd had a bunch of pieces and parts off of organs and mirrors and all kinds of things that were hand-carved stuff. Now you can't go to Big Lots or you can't go to Lowe's and buy all that hand-carved stuff because it dates back to about 1880 to somewhere around 1910. So I started trying to put this together. So I laid it all out and Carol kind of drawed me a sketch of something she wanted, wanted it to look like. So what I had to do was take the parts and the pieces that I had, and then try to fill in the other stuff. Now, they also used a lot of burl walnut. Anybody know what that is? Well, burl is where the branches come down and grow off the main part of the trunk, and it will cause these figures that will be there. Also, some of the most beautiful burl uh, will be found in the roots of the tree, which grows down in the ground. Then what they'll do, they'll take that log and they will soak it day and night, 24 hours a day, soak it, soak it, soak it, and then they'll take a real sharp blade and then they'll start cutting that, that veneer. Now they'll cut it. I've got some that's a 64th of an inch thick, some that's a 32nd of an inch, and you can take that and it'll slice it just like this, slice, 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 like you're slicing a piece of ham. And it'll come off and it replicates itself because that burl has eyes and has different things inside of it. So you take one piece and you lay it down, then you take another piece and lay it down, another piece like that, like that. And you put it together, put it in a vacuum bag, and then you put a little pump on it and it goes, and it draws all the air out of it. And then it glues it down to a substrate then you can make pictures and make faces out of all of that that come off of that veneer. But I had to have some sort of image in my mind of something that I wanted because there wasn't anything quite like it at Grand. There wasn't anything quite like it at the Ashley store. So I had to look back at uh, magazines that Carol had and they were Victorian style magazines. And since I was building it with a gigantic poster and some of the brothers here in the church, actually, once I got it built, helped me put it together and helped me set it up. So what I had to have, I had for a lot of it, I had to have things that was in pairs. Now, if I was going to put something on this post, I had to have something on this post that would match So if I was gonna put an ornate pediment up on the top of it, I found a dresser on eBay that was out in San Francisco and I bought it for about $200 and had it shipped out here. So I found two pediments. Anybody know what them are? Okay, I ain't going to explain it to you. You're going to have to take my word for it. So I found a matching pair of pediments, one to go on the bed, one to go on the dresser, and then I embellished it, added to it, added width, added height, and so on, so that it would look like that it was a pair. But now I had to have part of it in my mind, but I had to have part of it in substance because I can't carve, I can't do any of that. But I already had a lot of this in bits and pieces that I had it from all kinds of things that I'd saved over the years. So I went to laying it out. And I'd lay it out like this and i laid it in the the basement floor and then I'd go to look at them pictures and then I'd take these pieces and I knew that I could make certain things. I had routers and planers and things like that. So I knew there were some things that I could make and I could make the burl faces and I could make things like that. But there was parts of it that I had to have that was already original. Now I would make that and I would take and lay it down and that was one of the hardest parts was trying to get something in my mind. Now it stands a little over 10 foot tall but naturally I couldn't make it 10 foot tall and take it through my bedroom door. So I had to make it where it would come apart. So, and the are big gigantic poster, headboards about the footboards about this tall, headboard 10 foot tall. So I had to try to make it in such a way in my mind and think how can I make it where it'll come apart and yet come back together. And then if anything ever happens to me, make it where hopefully my son-in-laws can be able to figure out how to take it apart. So and, and in that, I see similar to what God wanted to do. So God wanted to build something that he'd had a type of in the Old Testament, which was the church, which was Israel in type. Now it was a type, so anything in type is not always a true image, but yet it was a people that was called out, a people that was different from the rest of the world. And God would designate for them to do certain things, eat certain foods, act a certain way. And by doing that, the world would look at them and know that they were a separate people. That's what God wanted. God wanted a people that was separate. So he would tell them to wear a certain color. Now God told them to wear what was called a ribband, R-I-B-B-A-N-D, a ribband of blue on the border of their garment. Now that that was quite unusual, but it was the merging together on their earthly clothes of the heavenly color, which was the skies. And then God would tell them that don't eat these types of food. Don't eat anything with the web foot. Don't eat anything that doesn't chew the cud. Don't do this, don't do that. So every day they would go to the market that didn't have deep freezers and refrigerators, microwaves and all that. So a lot of the countries still do the same thing today. They go to the market every day to buy the perishables. So every day when they would go to the market, they were testifying that they were obeying the laws of Yahweh because you never saw a true believer buying any fish or any type of seafood that did not match the program of the Torah of God. Now, everybody would watch them and they would see the way they would dress. They were not allowed to have a garment that would be mixed together with linen and wool. They would not be able to plant different types of seed in the same row. So their gardens were different, their clothes were different, everything about them was different. They were not allowed to mark themselves like people do today, the tattoos and all. They were not allowed to cut themselves. So every time you saw one of them, you would know they were a Jew. And then, of course, they had the law of circumcision, also another sign. So God wanted his people always to be separate. Now, when it comes to the New Testament, God did not take away the laws of separation. But now he's going to move it where it's going to start inside of their soul. No matter how much they done all the outward things in the Old Testament, they still never had a true and a converted heart because the law couldn't produce it. But in the New Testament, God is gonna come inside of them and start sanctifying or circumcising them from the inside out. Now, they're still gonna address certain ways and they're gonna live certain ways, and there's certain things they're not gonna do. Of course, the world today does not wanna hear that. They must say, well, it don't matter what you look like. It don't make no difference to God if you paint your face or cut your hair or wear britches. Why, what difference does it make to God? Well, it still does make a difference to God. God don't want the women dressing like men. God don't want the men dressing like women. God don't want men marrying men. God don't want women marrying women. Somebody say amen. That's God's law. That's what we believe. Is that right? So whenever God then was going to design this church, he is the builder himself. So he never called the apostles together for a general meeting and said, now look, I'm thinking about building this thing called a church. First time he's ever used, of course, the word. I'm gonna build this thing called a church. Now, Peter, what do you think? that I should build it out of. Now, unlike Carol and myself, when we wanted this particular thing in our house, and as long as I'm around, I mean, Carol will always think of this and look at this, this bed, and she told me not long ago, she said, Donnie, if something was to ever happen to you, I don't know what in the world I would do Every room in this house has got antiques in it that you've either either built or refinished. Every room, I, I would see you everywhere. Well, that's the way God wants to be inside his church. So whether it's in the nursery, whether it's in the bathroom, whether it's in the fellowship hall, in the pastor's office, in the mezzanine, God wants us to see him in every room of this building. God wants to be the main reason that we come here. God don't want it to be, well, they've got nice basketball goals. You need to find another church to go to. That's the reason you come here. Because it should be all about Him and our love for Him. Then all the rest of these things are just nice things to have around. That's not really the reason that we come to church. Is that right? So it should be, not like with my house, I've got things everywhere. And it would be the same with Carol, cause Carol's made curtains in this room and curtains in that room and her, her you know, just her signature about this and that is all through our house, which is the way it should be. And it should be then that in God's house, that it is not the signature of a denominational board and we look and see, well, this was Bishop so-and-so idea and this was so-and-so's idea and they think the church should do this or should not. No, it should not even be that way at all. It should be the signature of God should be in every house of God that truly belongs to God. But it's so sad to realize that many churches do not have the signature of God. They have the signature of a man, a single man, or a group of men which lead that church. So then if that man behind the pulpit Thinks that, well, you know what, uh, I don't know that it's necessary anymore to really preach on holiness. I don't know that it's necessary to preach against the things of the world anymore. We might do better and we might gain more if we would uh, let, let off of that. And then, then in a year or two, we'll, we'll start preaching on it again. And by that long, you've lost a whole lot of ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what did they do? Then the church will start taking on the image of the man in the pulpit, the image that he is creating by the words that he is saying or the ones he's leaving out. So you see, it's not just important what a man says, but many times I like to know and find out what is he leaving out. Because sometimes what he's leaving out has much more of an impression on the people than the words that he is actually saying. Because it is a subtly crafted sermon that preachers will put out, especially in this age, that will say certain things that are very, very good. But it is the deadly things which are left out which absolutely annihilates and separates the people of God from the presence of God, because if you preach them, they'll get you in trouble. Well, I figure if I ain't get in trouble, praying I ain't making the devil mad. So God chose then to build this thing called a church. Now, unlike me, if you'd ever be able to see my bed that I built, and I'd be able to tell you, well, this come from, this was a, a, a two pieces of mahogany. Now, actually, they got a different grain, of course, a different density of the wood, mahogany does, than walnut, and you'll never be able to replicate mahogany quite like, like you can walnut, but because they're an inch and a quarter, and they're very heavy, bowl, heavy-type things, and I was able to fool with the stain a little bit in order to make it look like walnut. But you see, God don't wanna do that in his church. God don't want hypocrites, and God don't want make-believers there, and God will take a little little bit of stain and kind of work on it a little bit to kind of dress it up. Now these handrails here are made out of walnut. So's this. So's this. So's this. But yet the bottom back here is made out of poplar. And yet. We could not, of course, be able to afford Walnut through the whole thing, but I was able to be able to take the same stain and be able to work also on this organ here. Brother John didn't built this and I was able to take the same stain and make it look like walnut. Now, naturally, by nature, they're not colored the same way. In Popper, you'll find real white wood. You'll find streaks of green. There's one of these rails in yours. It's got a streak of green about that wide and about four foot long but you won't find it and I am not going to tell you which one it is I was able to take stain and work on it and blend it as they call it and make that green disappear now you got to know what you're doing but what you're doing is hypocritical in one sense of the word because you're trying to hide one thing to make it blend in with something else. Now, this is walnut, these are poplar, this is, a, this is birch, and you have got a mixture of woods on the library in there that's exactly the same way, but if someone knows what they're doing, then they can take the finished part of it and actually pull several different types of wood together and make you think every bit of it is from the same tree. And that's what Satan does when it comes to a church. Then he will have this church, that church, that church, oh my, we're all going to heaven. Well, I reckon everybody is they? My goodness, people can live like a devil. You hear, hear their funeral preach, and you think they're just right next door to Gabriel and Michael. I mean, they're just walking down streets of gold, and you say, good Lord, you gotta be kidding me. If they went to heaven, my, the devil will be there in three weeks. Look, friend, I don't care what a preacher tries to put you in the gates. There ain't no preacher that can put you in or keep you out. It's your own life that you live before God. So God wanted this beautiful, beautiful creation called the church. God wanted this thing. Now, God knew as soon as he designated this to place it on the earth, he knew that Satan would want to replicate it. So God gave us an original pattern. And we would be able to judge that pattern and look at the pattern and study the pattern. I've told you before, there was an older sister down the church in Kentucky. And whatever I preached on twins years and years ago down there, she came to me after the service and said, Brother Donnie, I've got a nephew and said he works for the federal government and he, he works in the treasury department in studying about counterfeiting. And she said, I asked him one time about counterfeiting. And he said, many years, he'd been there studying, studying, watching it all out. And she said, how do you know? How do you know when you see a counterfeit bill? He said, I've never seen one. She said, what do you mean? You mean you don't study the counterfeit? He said, no, I study the real so much that as soon as I see one, it will stick out to me. Now, you know, I find that a great truth in that, that we can spend so much time studying the false and trying to defend this and that and the other, and we absorb a lot of that time when we should be studying the real. So how are we going to know if our church or any other church is the like to true and original church? Well, we look at the pattern. That's all we do. We look at the pattern. Now, you realize that whenever things become in short or in shortage, that people will fall back and on other things to try to replace them. Now that I'm speaking about furniture, let me go ahead and tell you this, a little history tonight. At the end of the Victorian period, by the time the Victorians got done with the black walnut in America, almost all the forests the trees of the black walnut were nearly destroyed because they even made the drawers out of solid walnut for years. And then they got to a spot that they learned how to veneer it, although the Chinese have been doing it since the 14th century. And they finally brought it over to America and started doing it here. So instead of taking a piece of wood, three quarters of an inch for a drawer, they'd take a 32nd of an inch and they'd glue it on a piece of substrate and you'd have all them other pieces of wood. So by the end of that, there wasn't hardly any walnut left. So you know what they started doing? They started making at the end of the Victorian period some of the Victorian furniture out of oak. But that was bad because oak was firewood. So you can imagine now, you buy a piece of furniture in your house and you're used to having burl walnut, you're used to having at least mahogany, or you're used to having rosewood. you don't know what rosewood is? Or some of the black wood from Africa. And they would have some of that and then they go because why? There was a shortage of walnut. The furniture manufacturer still making furniture, so they had to go to another wood. So they had to compromise from this high-end quality of wood to firewood, firewood. And then they also, for those who would not, absolutely refuse to buy any oak furniture. Then they resorted to buying it out of poplar. And then they would take tricky guys who knew how to do the stain work and they would start doing it that way. So then you would start seeing the sides of furniture out of popper and the front out of walnut. And a lot of the people didn't even know that it wasn't even solid walnut. So they started tricking the consumer, and the consumer looked at it and thought it was the same thing. So several years ago, Carol wanted a big table in the house, so I built her a big, gigantic dining room table. She wanted some chairs, and we went down to Knoxville, found some big, heavy, heavy chairs down in Knoxville. Well, they were made in China. Now, they looked walnut but I had a funny feeling that the color was not the right color, so I had to strip them off. And when I started stripping them off, I mean, the legs are big old, heavy, ornate things, you know, and I got the top finish off, and it didn't take me long to realize I had made a bad mistake. Because the brownish red looking color on that wood disappeared, and I was stuck was purple, purple, now they did not stain that wood, they dyed it, how many's heard of wood dye? Nobody, you're getting a woodworking lesson tonight, aren't you? Well, they take purple dye, now you know what, I've realized that a lot of Christians, when you go to skinning them down deep enough, they're purple and pink and green and yellow and polka dot Man, they ain't no telling what in the world you'll find when you get the outside finish off. But now God don't want a church that just has a veneer finish. You know what a lot of furniture is made out of today? Sawdust. Sawdust. Oh, but it looks like wood on the outside. But if you get it wet one time, mm -hmm, and you let it get wet very long, you'll find that thing will go to swelling up on you. And the moisture gets on the inside and it goes to wrinkling. some of y'all are smiling. You bought some of that nice iron furniture, ain't you? Well, you see, that's the way Satan then decided, well, if God wants a church, I want one too, but I can't make one that'll look so opposite of God's because if I do, everybody will know it. So I've got to make one that at least initially will have the appearance of his church. So it will look like God's original church. And of course, it didn't take long until that happened. Now we see then that in the Ephesian church age, they begin to get away from that first love that God gave them which was divine love by divine nature. Now, we know that the prophet tells us then on the day of Pentecost, whenever those folks received the Holy Ghost, but then the Bible goes on to tell us that there was added to the church daily people that kept coming and joining the church. And then we find that there were some of them that were Pharisees that believed, and no doubt some Sadducees that believed, and others that began to believe. But the Bible doesn't say anything about them getting the Holy Ghost, they just joined up with them. And then before long, they begin to get some of the rich folks to come in. And some of the wealthy people of the cities and so on. And they begin to say, look, now we, we, we don't need this, this type of religion. We don't need this type where everybody screams and shouts and hollers and runs and praises God. We don't need that. So what did Nicolaitan begin to cry for? They began to cry to get away from those crying, shouting, jumping, screaming, Acts 2.38 young ones. Is that right? Now why? Because they now had become an established church. Now in that established church, there were also preachers, of course. And there was going to be apostles, of course, and prophets, why? Well, if God used an apostle, Satan knew better than to use a monkey. If God would use a pastor, Satan wouldn't use an elephant. If God used a teacher, Satan wouldn't use a giraffe. If God's going to have a man in charge of the church called a pastor, then Satan said, fine, then that's what I'll get too. So I'll get men called pastors, I'll get men called teachers, I'll get men called evangelists, I'll name them the exact same thing, except they will preach my agenda. And Satan always looks for men who wants to become something. God looks for men who wants to become nothing. You see the difference in the way we're going, don't you? So God has this church and it's going to be constructed by himself, nobody else, nobody else's opinion, nobody else's idea and then he will build it upon the doctrine and the foundation of the apostles and the prophets inspired by God and God's giving them now the original plan, the original format as God gave to David and to Solomon, the original plan of the the temple that was called later Solomon's temple. So it was God that gave them the pattern. Then we come to the New Testament and God gives them the pattern of what they're going to do. Now they're going to start it out with with men just going around and trying to be, say, politicians. Come on now, we've got a new religion here. Uh, Y'all want to just live for Jesus and and we'll give everybody so much drachma. That was the Roman money of that time. We'll give everybody 10 drachma if you'll give your heart to God. And and we'll we'll do this, and we'll make you social this and that. uh, No, is that the way they're going to do it? Is that the way the Lord is going to propagate this church? It's got to have the ability to reproduce itself. So how is it going to Reproduce. Are we going to reproduce it by handing out tracts or should we have sporting events? Now, of course, the Romans had already broke into that and they had the arenas everywhere and they had all different types of coliseums and sporting events because they were really big on that. So there's no way the church would need to compare to that. How was the church going to propagate? How was the church going to survive? How was the church going to live? How is the church going to be run? Well, it's got to be God that will set all this in order. You agree so far? It would have to be God, right? Because God's not saying, "Arnold, what are you all saying?" God didn't have a whole bunch of people say, "All right, now I'm going to put this to a vote." How many things you ought to have preaching? Well, some would say, "Well, yeah, I think preaching's a good idea." Others say, "Preaching? What and what we need preaching for?" God never even asked him. God just said, this is what it's gonna be. I'm gonna have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And then in the church, y'all gonna need some deacons, y'all gonna need this and that. So this is the way that it's gonna be. Now, do you believe this is God's original plan? So God then ordained this, and here Jesus speaks about it, and then it's gonna start being founded whenever the Holy Ghost comes back on the day of Pentecost. And then God is going to form, now remember this is the alpha or the beginning of the church. Whatever God does, originally you can go back to it every time because he cannot change his program. So God calls one God-given messenger out of every age. And then he will give the word, the light of God, as we looked at the eye in the horn, the horn representing the church, the eye representing the messenger of the day. Through him, the light of God begins to penetrate into the church and the church will hear the voice of God. They'll know how they should conduct themselves. Well, should we go to church? Should we assemble? Remember, they'd never assemble quite like that before. Now in the Old Testament, they'd get together at certain feasts and then they wouldn't see one another for months on. In. but God said I don't want that to happen in the New Testament as a matter of fact it must have been quite unusual because actually they began together on the first day of the week which was the Lord's day which was of course on Sunday now I realize there's, there's a group of other people and the Gentiles and still are Sabbatarians and they want to be able to try to worship on Saturday that's fine they want to do that but that is not the seal of God but the disciples in the New Testament, they begin to start something that was different than the Old Testament in that they were starting to meet on a regular basis. Wow. So they would, in the Old Testament, maybe go to, go to the meeting house and they met there at the temple, bring their sacrifice. They would stay there together a couple of days. And then they would not come back for three or four months until some other type of feast. And then they'd come back again. But God said, no, that won't work now. I want my people to be in fellowship with each other. I want them to be in fellowship with me. So I want this to be a regular gathering together of my people so I can meet with them. And then they started singing psalms and hymns. Now, remember, David did that, of course, in the Old Testament, and they had the Kohathites, they had the Levites, they had the men that was the musicians and so on. And much of the psalms, of course, was written to them, and they would sing, but they'd never quite done it like the New Testament. So, the first service that they began to have, how unusual it must have been. But it was the great, great builder constructing on the, on the earth what he wanted to call now his church. So the preachers never got up and preached about the next mayor that's going to run. And you know, they weren't a politician standing up there saying all the things that the preachers say in this day and time. They weren't standing up there and trying to just please everybody, but they preached the gospel. They preached salvation. They preach water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Is that right? So this is the thing then that God started. Now you imagine for the first several months and say on up into six months or a year and the devil is just kind of learning as this thing is going. He's never seen anything quite like it. They're meeting together and they're talking and they're singing. And, and these one guys get up and they're, they're preaching and they call, call the meeting to order and they just sing a little bit and they talk about the goodness of God. And, and they didn't know exactly how to go about it themselves. So they would just get up and feel led of the Spirit of God to preach and they'd preach a little bit and testify and maybe have some to stand and sing of the glory of God and then they'd go to laying hands on the sick because that was in the original commission and they begin to form them church services. You imagine as Satan began to look on it and he thought, this is amazing. This is amazing. I love this idea. I want a church too. I think I see now what God wants. God wants to meet with his people on a regular basis and and, and I can see what it does to them. It actually makes them magnetized to his persona. It it does something to them that the law never did. It's, It's actually helping them love one another better. And they're actually enjoying going to this. And they're really enjoying being there. So then, you know, the first church, in that was in Jerusalem. And then it began, they began to spread out. So there went one here and there and there. And by the time that Paul begins to write, there was a church in Corinth. There was a church in Philippi. There was a church here. There was a church there. By the time John began to write in the book of Revelation, there was churches now that have spread abroad. In Cappadocia, they spread into Spain. They spread into Europe. So the gospel had begun to spread forth, and everywhere they would go, they began to ordain churches. I want you to listen now. This is something that is totally new, even to that world, which would have been the modern world at that time. They had never seen anything quite like this. Now, the Temple of Diana, of course, was in several places, and they would do something similar, but yet it was not like this. Because there was something alive in these services. So they would go and they would sing and they would worship and they would cry. And the the difference, one of the main differences, of course, was it was the fountain of life and truth. Uh, The the idol worshipers, most of them had uh, all of these uh, goddesses and priestesses and priestesses and all of that. And they had horrible, horrible things that they did but these people were coming together and they were crying and they were worshiping and they were repenting of their wrong and then they would come up and they would sing and the spirit of God would gather among them and they would just love one another and oh my goodness and Satan thought, this is awful. This is absolutely horrible. I cannot believe I let this happen right in front of me. I didn't consider this a threat. When I saw this first thing called a church, or is that what they calling it, church? I, I can't believe that I did not recognize what a threat this really was. But I can see this is worse than a wildfire. This is a contagion. It's catching on. Everywhere these guys go, They're giving, it's like somehow they've got life in them some way, and when they get there, it jumps out of them and other people get it, and it's like they're becoming almost infected with this. No, it was actually sealed with it. It wasn't an infection, it was predestination. But you watch him now as he begins to look at this and he, he's learning, he's learning. I, I, as the move of God is starting to grow and begin in its infancy. And by the time, of course, that Paul writes 1 Corinthians 55 AD, something like that, it is already now the churches are set in order and now you've got many of the Corinthian church, you know, I'd like to bring it to you sometime. I've said it several years ago, taking each one of the New Testament churches, taking the positives and the negatives, the drawbacks and the great things they had and the faults they had in each one of them and being able to compare them show you even that then, it was exactly as it is today, that there were no perfect churches in the New Testament. So if you're looking for one, let me just save you a lot of wasted time, you ain't gonna find more. Anywhere you got a bunch of people coming together, you're gonna have problems. I don't. Care if it's Walmart, Kroger, baseball game or the church house, you're gonna have problems because everybody's opinion is so different, and this is why that God had to have a designated plan, and he himself was not only the architect, the designer, but also the builder. He did not just say, I will be the architect of the church, and then you all can change things if you need to. Now, we changed many things on this building here. I think sometimes that the architect only drawed it up to give Brother Michael something to go by, and then he could make all the changes from there, because he made plenty of them. That's what I said about Carol whenever we built our house. I told Brother Langer, I said, look, I only ordered these plants to give Carol something to go by and there'll be many changes that'll happen thereafter. And they did. <laughs> because she didn't like this and she didn't like that, but hey, she's the queen of the house. I want her to be happy. So what, God didn't say, now look, if y'all need to modify, change this. They said, no, 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 no. I'm the architect, I'm the designer, and I am also the builder. But the problem is then that Satan wants to put people in that same church move. Now, he does not want to just make his group totally separate and say, well, y'all do whatever you wanna do. We'll leave you alone. You leave us alone. Oh, no. He realizes in order to try to bring the real move of God under his control, he has to infiltrate that move and try to project his own agenda into that move, his own headship, which will make it contrary to the headship of the Word of God. Now, he will do it by different means. Depends on the area, depends on, you know, as the prophet said, certain things that works in a certain area will go over, and he said other areas, it won't work at all. That not only works in the kingdom of God, it also works in the kingdom of hell. But Satan knew that he would have to interject so much of this stuff in there with another headship in mind. So you've got a a, a God called man, we'll say, and you've got God called people that love the Lord, and they're a part of that body. And Satan began to interject his own people inside of there with another headship. Then they begin to question this and question that. Well, I don't understand. I don't understand why we have to do that. And no doubt some of the women in the Corinthian church, I don't understand why in the world we can't preach because some of them thought they were. And it must have been very hard of them because many of them were prostitutes of the goddesses and so on that they come out of and they were the leaders in the church worship. Oh, you didn't know that. They were absolutely the leaders in idolatry. The women were, not the men. So then whenever they got saved, some of them had that same idea. Well, they wanted to come in the church and preach a little bit. And Paul said, no, you women, you ain't supposed to do that. Well, you know, already Satan wanted to try to interject something into this great plan. So Paul had to write, of course, in Corinthians more than any other church about all these things that was going on. Why? Why was this written? Because the headship of another being is trying to come into the church. Now, I want to ask you, brothers here tonight, are there any of you brothers in here that would like to share your wife with another man? Praise the Lord. Any brothers like to share your wife with any other man? Would you be okay with your wife having two heads? Neither does God. Neither does God. Now, that's what Satan wanted to do. He wanted to interject himself into the church in the way, similar way, that he interjected himself into the serpent in order to get to Eve's bedding ground. Then by doing that, he can inject himself into the human race by vicariously fathering a child then all of us sitting here tonight are still affected in our flesh by what happened by that one act in the Garden of Eden. That's why our flesh can't go to heaven in this form. It's got to be changed. Now I know people don't like you to quote this, but I'm gonna quote it anyhow. The prophet said when you see a navel, he said you know it's a sign of a renegade. So hello, Mr. and Miss Renegade. Glad to meet you, I'm Mr. Renegade too. So Satan was able to interject himself into the human race. And if we look back into the Garden of Eden, we'll see he repeats the same thing when the New Testament church is being founded. So then the Lord Jesus establishes his church and he gives them everything they're gonna need down to the ages. And he starts out with exactly the same pattern that'll be repeated over and over and over again. And we looked at it in the Smyrnian church age and every church age you have exactly the same pattern. That is why the light comes from some God, some God sending messenger rather in a certain area. Then from that messenger there spreads the light through the ministry of of others who have been faithfully taught. Now God never intended then for just Paul, one man, to be the one that would have it. Everybody else would just pass around his tapes or books as it were in that day. But there were others that were supposed to come and have received the same life. But of course, all those who go out don't always learn how necessary it is to speak only. Now listen, speak, speak Speak, well apparently that's preachers there. Speak, speak is a verb, not press play. Speak only what the messenger has spoken. Remember, Paul warned the people to say only what he said. Wasn't that quite bold? No. He's given the commission of God to be the master builder. Remember, we read that scripture some weeks ago. And Paul said he was a master builder. How could a man say that? Under divine inspiration of God. Now, if it is Christ, which is deity inside of him, then it should be the same spirit of God inside of us. Notice the prophet goes on to say then that Paul admonished them to say only what he had said. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge, now listen, let him acknowledge that the things which I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Now, this is pretty bold and brazen, but this is a man who knows what he's called to be. This is God's way of carrying out the original plan by project his thoughts. Now, remember, a prophet's made different than us. He's made so that his subconscious and first conscience lay so close together that God can project himself right into that subconscious by the supernatural, and that's the way the validated thus saith the Lord is absolutely perfect. Now it's not like a man or a woman that feels inspired and they speak in tongues or prophesy and it might be right and it might be wrong. But God never, never committed the way of thus saith the Lord to being an iffy situation. So a prophet is a special creation of God. So God can project to him his thoughts and it is absolutely infallible. Praise the Lord. I'm glad myself, aren't you? Now notice they add here, they take away there. Soon the message is no longer pure and the revival dies down. Now, in order, of course, for God to be able to propagate this church, how will the church be able to reproduce itself? Because the church is in feminist form. It is that part of the attribute of God that projected from eternity. So how will the female be able to reproduce herself? Now, there's no question in our minds, I don't think, that churches in America and around the world are reproducing, but what kind of seed are they producing? So, you know, it's all part of every church, I don't care what they believe, what the foundation of their doctrine is. Every church wants to grow. Every church wants to get bigger and get more members. They want more people to come to their church. They want more people to have what they have because naturally they think they're right or they wouldn't be there, right? And they want more people, people in their community, people in their family. So what do they do? They begin to tell people, oh, come to our church. My, we've got this pastor and we've got this, you know, this, this, whatever it is. So they use these different things and they actually are trained, some of them. And they are able to go out and knock on doors and be able to hand out little things, you know, to be able to get people's attention because they want their church to grow. Well, we do too. In one sense of the word, we want our church to grow, but we, we, we approach it differently. We want our church to grow by the Spirit of God being able to deal with people's hearts and bring them to a saving knowledge, if they're not saved, of what the Lord Jesus did at Calvary, is that right? And if they have saved and are sanctified, then we want them to grow into that. If they're saved and sanctified and don't have the Holy Ghost, we want them to grow into that. And then we want them to grow into the revelation of the end time word where that God will be able to be a word on top of word on top of word. So they'll be able to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. But we don't go through the ball and hand out little cards and we don't go the typical church way of trying to get people to join our church. Neither do we try to call people on the phone and say, now why don't you come over to our church and, and leave your church because y- 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 y'all ain't hearing the truth and y'all going to hell. And y- you know, No, we, we don't believe in proselyting. There ain't gonna be no thieves in heaven. That includes preacher thieves. Some of the biggest thieves you'll ever know about are preacher thieves. Ones that steal sheep. Uh huh. Ones that steal sheep. They've done it in the days of Paul and they've done it all down through time. That's right, but yet we're not interested in that, right? We're on the same page, right? We're not interested in in, in trying to bring people from somebody else's church just so we can say, well, we've got a big church and we've got a large this and we got a big this and that and the other. I'll tell you what we got, we got a big God. We got a big God and we got a big city we're going to and a big mighty heavenly father that loves us and we want to get our eyes off of anything big about us. That's right. We do want everyone that he wants here with us. Now, whoever that is, then I trust him. And I tell him all the time, Lord, I want only who you want to be a part of our assembly. That's all I want. And I tell people, if people come to talk to me and they're thinking about moving here or coming here from some other state or whatever more, I tell them, look, I want you. I told somebody not long ago, if God wants you here, I want you here. If God don't want you here, I don't want you here because you'll come and you won't be happy and you'll make us unhappy while you're unhappy. So if God wants you here, that's exactly who I want. I have never pulled on one person, never. In my decades of preaching, I have never pulled on one individual. I have never offered one individual a position to come here. Oh, that's done all the time. Oh, we'll make you the singer, we'll make you the third violinist, and we'll make you the 14th backup on the piano, and you're the 27th backup on the bass guitar. And you come to find out a lot of folks, their main reason for switching churches many times is because they get a position. Position means more to a lot of folks than eating right. Some folks will eat out of a garbage can as long as they can get a position and then they sneak and stream other preachers' services. (laughs) Well, preach, Brother Don. Now, you realize that, of course, the Lord knew all of this would come. Now, the Lord knew that, oh my goodness, one of the most horrible things that would be used down through time as far as instruments of darkness, God knew. One of the most horrible things that would ever be used by the devil would be preachers. Good Lord. (laughs) It's absolutely unbelievable, the instrumentality of preachers and people of influence. Now, whether it's a denominational guy or whether it's a Pentecostal guy, my, look, I wonder how many actually that will stand before the Lord that day and say, I cast out devils, I heal the sick, i done this and that and the other and will wind up being lost. And then the thousands or hundreds or whatever more of people that followed them, I love these TV preachers, friends. They are as rotten as they can be. Some of them ain't even saved. And yet Satan projects them and people get hurt by them and taken advantage of. And then what do they do? They put all preachers in one big pile. Well, don't put me in that pile because I don't belong in that pile. There's brothers here in this church that are genuine, sincere men of God. They don't belong in that pile either. There's brothers all over the world that stand for the truth of the gospel that do not belong in that heap. That's what Paul called them. They would heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. So the Lord knew that. Well, why didn't he avoid that? Because that was his choice to use God called ministry. He knew Satan would impersonate He knew that Satan would impersonate discernment and Satan would impersonate tongues and interpretation. I know we don't hear quoted much around the message, but in harvest time, the prophet tells us the devil can hand out them supernatural gifts by the handfuls. By the handfuls. The devil can hand them out. Oh, my goodness. Now what's he gonna hand them out to? Well, he'll hand them out to different types of people depending on their influence and what they can do to be able to pull people away from the original church. And always Satan's work will be more flowery, it'll be more Hollywood, it'll be more of a glitter and you know, all that sort of thing and acceptable with everybody and loved by everybody. Nobody has nothing bad to say about him or nothing like that and Satan will always paint his up And he will make God's choice look so, so small and so reproached and so misunderstood and so, so hated by the world always. And yet God says, that's my wife. That's my people. That's who I put my vindication on. Now see, if God is going to build this work himself i going to call it, as he called it, his church. Then he's gonna to have to have a divine protocol by which this thing will be started. God must build in it the ability for it to be able to reproduce itself because that's God's original law of reproduction. We can find that in the book of Genesis where that the seed was in every kind. Now we know that the seed started out by the spoken word and then the trees began to come up out of the earth. And then God said, let every tree bring forth of its kind of its seed which is in itself. Now it Starts out with the seed, spoken word, then it comes up out of the ground, busts up out of the ground. For those that produce fruits, then where does the seed wind up in the apple? Where does it wind up? Starts in the ground, comes through a process, and then it winds up in the apple itself. So the apple contains the seed, a multiplication of the seed form that was in the ground that came from the spoken word. Is that right? So then the fruit bears the seed. Uh, It it really bothers me when I hear preachers blasting the fruit of the Spirit, because you think, they don't even know what they're talking about. They're, oh, we don't need the fruit of the Spirit. Why the Pharisees had the fruit of the Spirit? They did not have the Holy Ghost. They did not have the token life. They could not produce the genuine fruit of the Spirit in the same way and measure that a child of God can. Oh, you say, well, I want the seed. Well, if you produce the fruit, Open up your apple, open up your peach, your plum, your pear, and what do you find inside the fruit? The seed. So the seed then comes to its fruition once it produces the fruit. This is where we are, Mount Treetop in the last day. So this is the attraction in the last hour, and it's no real, no wonder why that Satan is absolutely coming against the church like never before. Now, as you know, I'm in contact with many ministers all over the world. I've never seen a time, the way it's been the last three, or four years, that the devil is attacking the ministry. If it's not the health of the ministry, it will be their family, or it will be the church that they preach to, or it will be just constant something going on all the time. I don't know how many preachers that I know of right now that are dealing with all kinds of trouble, either physical or or mental or psychological or problem, why? Satan attacking them with everything. If he can get them leaders down, get them depressed, get them sad, get them weary, and then they just study a little bit and give you a little round mouth sermon and say go on back home now little children, then what's he gonna do? You're not gonna be strong to be able to meet the challenge in your hour. But I'd like to let hell know tonight, God has got some men of God that despite sickness, despite disappointment, despite sorrow, despite misunderstanding and all kinds of other things, they are anointed to speak the word. They're gonna not conquer. They're not giving in to hell. They're not giving in to sickness. They're not giving in to the devil. They are preaching the word, and they are getting a bride ready for the rapture. Hallelujah. Brothers, let's jump down to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. We'll jump over a couple of these quotes here. Now, what's the pattern of how a God called man? was inspired by the Holy Ghost to write in the first church age. 1 Corinthians 4, 15. For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ. Wow. Yet, have ye not many fathers? There's a great difference between an instructor and a father. An instructor may or may not have the power of reproduction or begettle. They can make followers after themselves. I don't want you to be a Reaganite, I want you to be a son or daughter of God. I'll tell you one thing, if that's all you wanna be, I'm disappointed in you tonight. Just to be a Reaganite, (laughs) no, you need to set your goals way higher than me. You need to set your goals higher than any man. That's ever lived on the earth, said them to the Lord Jesus. So Paul by now, there was already this division that was going on. So there were some that did not have the power of the Ghetto. In other words, they did not pack the seed germ in them. Now, if you don't believe me this, if you listen to spoken words, original seed, also end time seed sign in Tifton, Georgia. In 1962, you heard the prophet saying the same thing, that God was going to plant the way the church was gonna grow in the body. So the body would pack within itself the ability to reproduce itself. So how, what is the greater works? Imparting eternal life. Eternal life. Now, many can study just by the mind, study the Bible, study the Greek, study the Hebrew, study the message and be able to get up and give a good little talk of some sort. And I hate to say it, friend, but that's what some of the preachers are on the message. They're just intellectual, they study and they can talk. Oh, I had one sitting talking with me some time ago and he was coming talking to me, asking me for advice and as he sat there and he started telling me that he was called to do this and that and the other and he basically was giving me his resume. Well, I I went to this company and I turned it around and I went here and I turned this company around and I done this and I turned this company around. I thought, what in the world has that got to do with you preaching the gospel and you being called to do something for the living God? What in the world is your success as a businessman got to do with that? What if we could give Peter a resume? Now, Brother Peter, we wanna give you a resume right here tonight, and uh, we want you to fill this out. Uh, Brother Donnie, I can't write my own name, Would you care to fill it out, and I'll put a big X there. Uh, Now, James, what about you? Well, the Bible says they were ignorant and unlearned men, but there's one thing they did take note of they had been with Jesus. So you could have an instructor. Oh, they can instruct the word and lay the word and lay the word. But they don't have the ability for Christ to reproduce himself through them. But if you'll notice what they do, they themselves father the people in their church. Then you'll watch the church will begin to take on the image of that man in the pulpit. Why? Because he is actually the one that is bringing them in. That's why they can't sneeze without him. Anybody preaches in the church, they gotta look at him and see what he says because they don't know the word themselves. They're not begotten of Father God. They have to constantly have the permission from the pastor. Well, come on, somebody. But you see, a man who has the ability to bring forth children, begat, to beget, as Paul said, I begotten you to Christ. He was a father. So then that man that can do that, all he is is just a carrier of the sea lion. He is actually a eunuch himself to where he cannot interject his own lie to be able to bring forth this in the church so that i all be like him. So what you'll find when you go to them types of churches and you watch them, you'll find a diversity of people that are there. And they won't all be, well, if the pastor jerks his neck a certain way, then you watch those that are under the teaching of a scholar or a lecturer, and they will act like him. But if that man is simply a past one that will pass the life of God, then what you'll find is some that'll jump, some that'll shout, some that'll cry, glory to God, some that'll sit there and look at them that's crying, and say, man, they're emotional, ain't you?" And what is it? It's that diversity because the diversification comes from God. But like begets like. So you watch an instructor as his church begins to grow, as we say, and the blessing of the Lord is on us, and you watch the offspring. And you see is that man producing word bursts? And how do they feel about the word? Give them the word test. Give them the word test. Now this is what they done in the original church. And whenever they come up to him and boy they would go to saying things that Paul hadn't said they would withstand them to their face and call them liars. Wow. And the church said Now watch, for though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers? For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you, he said, through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Look at this word, followers, an imitator. So, Paul baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And preachers in this day and down through the ages have baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. They're not imitating Paul. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. but some of our message preachers don't even believe in speaking in tongues. They're not an imitator. Well, praise the Lord. Paul cast out devils, heal the sick. Amen. And yet some of ours say, well, we don't need prayer lines no more. My Lord, we got more sick folk now than we've ever had them. Well, right. oh, Brother Donnie, that's a Gentile way of believing. I say amen to that, but I will also remind you, it was the architect and the designer of the church who said, these signs shall follow them that believe. And I did not find where he said, uh, up in the last day, it will end because you won't need it no more. Now you show me where he said that, and I will say amen. But until you do, I'm going to go ahead and pray for some right here tonight if they need it. Because my Lord Jesus was the one who told me to lay hands on the sick. Oh, Brother Donnie, speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. I can do that. I can do that. Yes, sir. You walk up here and you say, Brother Donnie, i got confidence. Speak the word. You don't have to lay hands on me. I'll quote you the word of God. Absolutely. I'll say, yes, brother. Amen. I agree with you. I believe the word. If that's your faith, I believe that. But if your faith ain't rose that place yet and you want somebody to lay hands on you, here you go. I'm here to help you. Oh, but they'll never get higher if you don't stop laying hands on them. And where is that quote? I find the prophet's still doing that till he left. Oh, somebody said he quits doing discernment. I want you to show me that. I want you to show me. I don't want surmising. I don't want your idea. I want you to show me where he stopped laying hands on him, I want you to show me where he stopped discerning. Come on, somebody. I want you to show me. Oh, he he got hell, yeah, Brother Donnie, he got away from that Pentecostal thing, really? Well, he was in Shreveport, 1125, 65, about a month and a half before the Lord took him from this earth, and he was talking about them Acts 238, tongue-speaking young ones, and he said that's the only kind that the Word can bring forth. They got that second Adam, oh hallelujah, that second Adam way of acting like they did. Did on the day of Pentecost. Yeah. Notice Paul says, "Oh my, wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me." Ah, you know everybody is going to follow somebody. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse one. Be ye followers, imitators, of me, even as I also am of Christ. Come here, brothers. Be ye imitators of me. Come up here on the platform. Don't be scared. I'm going to bite you. Now, you're going to imitate me, and you're not. Did you last time or not? You didn't? Okay. All right. You want to change it up? Sure. He wants to imitate me now tonight. <laughs> now, Paul said, Be ye an imitator of me. You're not imitating me, okay? And you are. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Don't you believe me? Are you in the message? Or are you in the church? I mean, <laughs> hallelujah! Jesus is coming. Okay, now I realize I'm a dumb Kentuckian, but you tell me which one is imitating me, him or him? If you choose him, you're a nut. Thank you, brothers. Now, why? Why? Because these are the men that were inspired with the original plan. But George Smith told me something many years ago. Brother Bram's house out in Tucson. When they bought the house there, Brother Bram wanted to add this game room and Brother M designed it and laid it all out. Maybe many of you have been there. And he wanted, wanted a, a place to be able to put his trophies and all. So the brother that he was going to get to build it, Brother Ram told him, he said, now, there'll be all kinds of people that'll come in and see it and they'll have this idea and that idea and they'll want you to do this and that and the other. And he said, now, you be courteous but stick with the plan. Wow. Now, this is the way we want to do when it comes to the gospel. We want to be courteous to those that say, you don't need this and you don't need that and you need this and you need that. And we look in the plan and we say, now, Now, the plan don't say that. We don't want to get the wrong attitude. We don't want to get a bad, bad thing about it, but we want to just be courteous, but stick with the plan. Do we want a Book of Acts church? Do we want an Omega church which reflect the Alpha church? We'll only get it one way. That's by following the original plan. Let me have a few more minutes and we'll close, can I? Yeah. Now, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, again, chapter 1, verse, or chapter 1, verse 24, not for that we have dominion over your face. Now, notice how he wants to put this in there. We're not trying to be your bosses. We're not trying to be dictators. Not that we have dominion of your faith, but are helpers of your joy. On, for by faith you stand. Philippians 3, 17. Brethren, be followers imitators together of me and mark them which walk so now paul knew that he was going to pass he'd have too many years after this was written actually and he said now be followers of me and then i want you also to mark them which walk the way i walk why next generation of ministry next generation of ministry. Keep your eye on them and mark them, mark them. Which walk so as ye have us for an ensample. Look at this word, example, pattern, manner, in the technical sense, the pattern in conformity to which a thing must. You see it, this pattern is not a suggestion. It either is or it ain't. You know who's going in the rapture? Those who fit the pattern. You know who's going to be left? Those who don't match the pattern. Now that's not just the churches only. That's individuals in the churches. Oh my. Notice Philippians 3.18. For many walk of whom I've told you often and now tell you even Weeping. Now, listen what he says they are that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, watch, they had come so close, Harry. Now, they were right around the message. They were right there among them, Brother Larry. No doubt said, We're preaching Christ. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. But Paul said, I'll tell you what they are. They're enemies of the cross. But did you notice this man's attitude toward them? From many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping. Oh, yes. This is the true spirit which God wants to use to speak to people in error. God will never take an angry human spirit to correct wrong. He don't use that. God don't need our human angry spirit. Now God has an angry, an anger. Oh yeah, he anoints his prophets and his servants to speak that way sometimes. But there's a difference between his anger and human anger. Notice Paul speaking about these men and they had actually become enemies of the cross of Christ because they were some of the guys that was preaching circumcision. These were some of the guys that said, you gotta keep the law of Moses. You have gotta do this and you have gotta do that. Oh yeah, the cross is good, the cross is good, but you cannot be saved if you don't get circumcised. Paul said they are enemies of the cross. Yet preaching it, yet preaching it but not preaching it in its reality form. And Paul was sitting there as he was in the jail, which is where this was written, in prison. Sitting there in prison, Brother Rob, writing this, tears running down his face. Or oh, you see, those preachers are men that find pleasure in the fact that others are inconsistent, and they rejoice when they hear this man or that man or this church or that church is in trouble or are doing wrong and they rejoice it does something good to them, there's something wrong with their spirit. Friends, if we know there are people in our church that aren't doing right, if we know there are churches in the message that aren't doing right, and we do. And we would rejoice because of that. It would make us happy because of it. We need to pray God will help us. It should break our hearts. Should break our hearts to hear if there's anybody among us that's not living the kind of life they should live. It should break our hearts to hear that there's any, even on the fringes of our message, that are not doing right. Why, Brother Donnie? The next verse is why. Whose end is destruction. Whose God is their belly. Whose glory is in their shame. So the very thing they should be ashamed of, they're glorying in. Their glory is in their shame. Their glory, oh, we don't preach that in our church. We don't go that way. And they glory in it. But it's really their shame because they don't preach it. Then we should grieve and pray, God, please help them. Please, God, help them. There's someone in our church that ain't doing right, God. Please help them. Help them to realize it's dangerous to come and set where the presence of God is and not yield to the Spirit of God. Amen. Oh, my. Whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. let Can you see tonight why Satan wanted to impersonate himself as the church? You realize that's a quote. He has deceived the people by impersonating himself as the church. So they sing about the blood, they sing songs about the cross, they sing about heaven, They sing and talk about hell. Oh, he said, "They're such good people, good people, good people. Yeah, until you show them them good scriptures. And then you'll see a side of them that you had never seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Believe me, as a pastor, I get a side of a lot of people that you never see. I get a side of a lot of preachers that you never see. You see that side they want you to see. But I see a different side, especially when I give them the word and give them the message. Uh huh. Then you ought to read some of the emails I get from preachers, you ought to read some of the texts I get from preachers. You'd never believe it. So, does that make you happy? It breaks my heart. And I hope and pray to God it always does. I and mean, he wants to be more like Jesus. May God help us. <coughs> Excuse me. That we will not only want a church like the original church, but we will so feel. This is what Paul, <coughs> another example that he gave for us preachers. So when we hear of someone going off, we hear of, you know, a a move over in Africa. I just heard a song this evening sent to me by someone, a group, a message group, and they were singing about this certain man. I mean, just about worship, just unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. I saw a video of, of a group In another country, many thousands of miles here. And this preacher was walking up between them, going in to preach, and they were bowing down before him. When he got up to preach later in the service, they were calling him Elohim. I've stood in that church and preached. God have mercy. Brother Donnie, you think they're sincere. You think they're good people. No doubt they are. But they got under an evil spirit. I don't know how much you pray for the bride around the world. But you need to. You realize we cannot go home as a group until every member of this bride gets to her place. If there's a little girl or a little boy. Let me quote it to you from Tampa. 1964, but there's a little girl, a little boy here born over in Seattle, Washington, and that book holds their name. We will not go home, friends. He said the church will play along, slug along, have meetings and so forth until that child is able to receive it. Do you imagine there might be one little boy that's holding up this whole thing tonight? And that little boy's got to get saved and got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And we're just waiting and we're having church on Wednesday and on Sunday and we're just meeting and gathering people people, all over the world doing it. But he so loves that bride, he'll not call thousands or millions home and leave one behind. I'm glad I might be that one at you. Think of this. We need to think not only local, but global. Lord, your people, be merciful Lord, I hear there's people off in India and this. I hear there's people off in Africa there. I'm not interested in, Lord, and getting myself involved all that. But Lord God, bring your children home. Bring your children home. If they gotta be removed out from under a false prophet, grant it, Lord. If they gotta be removed out from under a false teacher, grant it, Lord. Do you pray that way, Brother Donnie? I absolutely do. Yes, Yes, I do. I pray that God will bring his people out from under false teaching and error. We ain't going by ourselves. We're going, hallelujah, as a group around the world. Oh sure, God's calling individuals, we know that. But this last group, we must all go together. And no, heaven will not be in sections. Well, we can't have fellowship with them people over there because we didn't like them down in life and we didn't like them people over there and there won't be nobody there with that attitude. We've got to love one another. We can disagree and still love one another. Praise the Lord. Oh, Jesus. Let's just bow our heads, if you would. Wow, Lord. I must say, I am overwhelmed by the way you took this this way tonight. Oh, my goodness. I pray that I'll always be sensitive to be able to follow your spirit. I had all these wonderful scriptures and quotes laying before me tonight and I didn't hardly get to, get to none of them. But great architect, you're still the designer of sermons. Amen. May I always be sensitive to follow your leading Lord. Heavenly Father, Our building would look different than the original church. They didn't have no doubt musical instruments quite like we do. No doubt there'd be things that would be different. But Lord, we would want our doctrine, our principles, the foundation of our faith to be the same. I've traveled among the countries of Latin America and their music there is different than ours. The music in Kenya, different than the music in Zimbabwe. The music there, different from India. The music there, different from China and different places that I've been in the world. And you leave it that way. But yet, Lord, you, we believe you're going to have your people to be one in soul, one in heart, one in principle. Oh, Jesus, gather your people together, Father. Father from around the world. Men always want to try to gather them under one certain man so they're all listening to his stuff. But how carnal that is, Lord. Gather us in Christ Jesus. Lord Jesus, may your presence so move among us here, Father, that we can lay aside our little pet doctrines and pet ideas and be one like never before. We will always disagree on things, no doubt. But I believe tonight you're getting a group of people together around the world that are coming into that unison and that harmony of the new birth. Oh, Jesus, get us together, Father. Get us together so we can leave this place. We need you, Lord. Maybe there's one, maybe there's a 1,000, maybe there's 10,000. No way for us to know. But we know the rapture will not go until every member of that bride is in her place. Maybe a little black boy, maybe living on the streets of Kinshasa. Maybe a little black girl living on the streets of Nairobi, the Congo. Maybe a little black boy down in Africa somewhere or Florida or New York a little Indian maybe out on the reservations oh God wherever they are would you get them Lord this world is getting worse every day it's a more unfit place for us to live come Lord Jesus come Lord Jesus take us away Lord God, if there's any here tonight that needs to fix anything in their soul, in their walk, would you help them? May we be able to move, Lord, into a sphere of love that we've never had before. A love of your word, a love for your people. Of course, first and foremost, a love for you. And I'm sure, Lord, that there'll always be people that may be will love you a little more. As I read it to Carol on Monday where your prophet said, Peter never had that love in his heart that John had. That Peter was more of a representative of faith, but he never quite loved you the way John did. And I thought, wow. So I can't keep from wondering then if there are even people that come to the maturity of love If there won't be some that might love you a little more than us. So help us to realize we're not trying to match each other. But just become mature in all that we can be. I'll never be what a lot of great men are in many ways. But what I want to be is what you want me to be. I may never have the love for you that Brother Ron Spencer has. Or Brother Tim or maybe Brother Daryl. But Lord, I do know this. I want to love you as much as I can. I may never have the faith that some of them might have, but I want to have all the faith that I can have to match all the things that I am for your purpose and use. I just want to be what you want me to be. I want to love you. I want to serve you. I want to be everything that I can for your kingdom, Lord. Because it isn't about me, it isn't about these people. It's about us. It's about you. It's about you living in us. Lord, I read it yesterday where your prophet said, we're not worshiping a baby in a manger, deity in a manger, but we're worshiping deity in us. So that same deity is not laying in Bethlehem, but deity is right here tonight in human bodies. Oh, Lamb of God, we worship you, Jesus. We have seen your star in the west, and we have come to worship you. The wise men did not come to worship the star, but they come to worship the Christ. We did not come to worship the star, but we've come to worship the Christ that the star pointed us to. We have seen your star in the west and we have come to worship you. So we've come to adore and love. Can we sing that, Harry? Come, let us adore him. Can we just worship him a little now before we go? I know some of you are going to be gone for the weekend visiting your families for Christmas and all that. May the Lord be with you and watch over you and give you a safe journey and bring you back home safely to us. May you have a happy time with your family. Remember us during this time. I know you are. We so thank you for it. Erica so loved the holidays and we've already been experiencing some pretty sad times. So if you just remember us during the time, we would certainly appreciate it. Let's just... Sing this together. Oh, come. Let us adore him. Aren't you glad you've seen his star in the West? Yeah. In the West. What are you talking about, Brother Donnie? That seventh angel. That star in the seventh church age that shined the light. And we saw his star in the West. And it pointed us not to him, but to Christ Jesus. Let's sing it together. Just worship Him a little bit now before we go.
1: Come, all oh, ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, oh come, all your ye. oh come, ye to be
0: Where is Bethlehem now? Christ's house of bread. Come and behold him. Not behold us, not behold our pastor, but let's behold him.
1: once again oh let Sing it again. Oh, come, oh, come, let. heaven.
0: Matthew has been dealing with a bunch of different complications. Went to a doctor yesterday and another one today. They tell him this, they tell him that. Don't sound like they really know what they're doing, but looking. I'm glad they're looking. How many believes the Lord God can move for our brother tonight? Of course, it affects him, it affects his family, it affects us as his church family. You can tell by looking in in his eyes that he's sick, not feeling well. I'm sick of it. Sometimes we just gotta get sick of what the devil's doing and say, you know what? You've crossed the line. How many's gonna believe tonight for our brother? Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you've allowed doctors to be able to do. And we know, dear God, that you are the one who created the right view of science and man takes it and perverts it and twists it around many times but you've allowed them to break into so much understanding of the human body and what they can do but at times they're just stumped they don't know what to do Lord and they've told him it could be this and it could be that and it could be something else and they're going to run more tests and see what they can find Lord God he needs you tonight Jesus he needs you to pass by this way Lord dear God I've been some trouble for him and I mean, Carol was talking about him today, Lord, just wondering how he was doing and how he was feeling. I know it's a weight on his wife, his children, Lord, his family, Lord, his church family. We bring our brother before you tonight. Satan, you are defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no legal right. I challenge you. In the name of Jesus Christ, come away from my brother. We call every symptom that you place upon him a lying vanity. And we say the price has already been paid. Father God, as his family, his church family, we join our faith together right now in the name of Jesus. May the Spirit of God move for our brother. We're not signing for this box of rattlesnakes, but we say return to deliver. In the name of Jesus, deliver right back down to the gates of hell and say, we don't want it no more. Father, God, touch our brother, strengthen him, Lord. I know this situation with his heart causes his beat to fluctuate and this and that. He can't rest at night, Lord, heart. It all wore out and exhausted. But in the name of Jesus, may you move for our brother. Father, may rest and peace come to him tonight, Lord. I pray in Jesus Christ's name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, he's wonderful, ain't he? He's so wonderful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight, Father. We worship you, Lord. Lord, we sense you here in our midst, oh God. We give you praise, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. You're not a one time and a thing in the year to us around Christmas time. Lord Jesus, you're every day to us, every night. We live for you. We love you. We sing about you. We think about you. Oh, Jesus, you're our all in all. We worship you tonight, Father. Take our praise, Lord. Make us more like you. Make our church more like you, Father. Oh, praise the Lord. Shape us, mold us, fit us together as the body of God that will be what you want us to be, Lord. Praise your holy name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. We worship you, Lord. We praise you with all of our hearts and our souls. Mighty God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's just raise our hands. Can we just close our eyes? Let's just lift our voices up to him. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes praise the Lord. Let's just worship Him now just before we go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sing it for us, hey. Sometimes hallelujah. Sometimes hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, just give Him a little more love. Sometimes
1: can you? praise
0: We you. want to praise you, Lord.
1: Sometimes gently Our hearts in a accord
0: Make melody now in your heart.
1: Sometimes hallelujah Sometimes praise the Lord Times gently
0: sing
1: our hearts in one accord. Listen to the verse now. Let us know his presence. Let us know his presence. Let sounds of praise fill the air.
0: Hallelujah, it's so glory to God.
1: Oh, let us sing of Jesus.
0: Sing Jesus'
1: love to people everywhere. everywhere. Oh, sometimes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. All this praise children, sometimes pray. Of the Sometimes Lord. gently we see
0: Our hearts, hearts
1: in warm the cold. Sometimes
0: hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hold us, Jesus. Shape us.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Gently see Our hearts in warm So let us live our voice. God, start to see, let us now return His love, let The Lord Sometimes gently singing Our hearts in one accord Oh, let us know His presence Let sounds of praises fill the air of jesus love to people everywhere And oh. one of the oh. cool.
0: could y'all come and sing that song you sung a while ago the choir come back and sing that again I didn't get to hear that Just sing it again Harry while they're coming and getting ready just let them don't you appreciate all the effort that they're putting forth in all this oh bless their hearts we're so grateful it takes a lot of time for them to do it I so appreciate them doing it let's just sing together again amen Sometimes while they're getting ready for that hallelujah. praise the Lord Oh, yes, Jesus, sometimes, Sometimes, praise praise the Lord,
1: Mm. sometimes gently gently, singing, our hearts in warm placed on his head. He knew that he would soon be dead. He said, did you forget me, Father, did you? They nailed him to a wooden cross to know
0: Together. Praise the Lord. Wasn't that awesome? Amen. Praise, the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What many moms and dads would give if their children were at church on Wednesday night, singing, worshiping, praying, praising the Lord. Oh, we've got so much to be thankful for, don't we? so much to be grateful for. Amen. Brother John, would you come and dismiss this brother in prayer. Lord, we're we'll going to be having service on Sunday. I know some of you will be gone, but for those of you that will be at home, we'll be having service. Brother Darrell will be speaking for us. He always does such an excellent job on, on Christmas service.
2: Amen. Wasn't that a wonderful word? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, Father, how could we thank you enough, Lord? While we've got a world tossed and turned about, Lord, we've got a constant, a love, a presence, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, how we love you. How we thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, you're our lighthouse, our God, our friend. Oh, Lord Jesus, you're guiding us home, Lord. Lord. We're so thankful, Lord Jesus. So many people are lost and stumbling about, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord, we're so thankful, Lord, that you've given us a light, Lord. We want to help as many as we can. We really do, Lord. We want to be that light, Lord Jesus. We want it to live out of us. We want it to manifest out of us, Lord. I pray that you just bring it, Father God. Help us, Lord Jesus. Be with each and every one, Lord, during this holiday season, Lord. May we really focus on the light, Lord. Let us focus on on what you gave us, Lord Jesus, the greatest gift that you could ever give. Lord Jesus, we receive it gladly, Lord. Oh Father, we receive it gladly and we want to take it, Lord, and, and Lord Jesus, use it and embrace it, Lord Jesus, greater than we ever had before. Oh Father, I pray that you'd be with each and every one, Lord. Oh Father, may the season, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, may the season just envelop us, Lord, in the true manner that it was meant, Lord. Oh, Father, we love you. Be with those, Lord Jesus, that are grieving the, during these times, Lord Jesus. I know it's got to be hard, Father, thinking of loved ones, Lord. Yes. Oh, but one, one day closer, one one step closer, one sermon closer, Lord. Yes. And it's manifesting in our lives, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. Be with each and every one, Lord. We love you. Yes. We thank you, Lord, in your name. You. Amen.
0: God bless you. Saint. You sure dismiss. Sing something for us, Brother Harry. Love you. See you in the fear of God. Go.
1: There's nothing
3: like the prisons. There's nothing like the prison. No. Let's sing a different song. Let's <laughs> we'll sing this as you're dismissed this evening. Well, I'm not giving
1: up.
3: Oh. Well, I'm not giving up. Oh, I'm not turning round. By the grace of God, I'm going to wear that shining crown someday I'll keep holding on to that nail scarred hand I'm not giving up no I'll keep holding on oh I'm not giving up I'm not turning round by the grace I'm going to wear that shining crown someday. I'll keep holding on oh, to that nail-scarred hand. I'm not giving up. No, I'll keep holding on. No, oh, I'm not giving up. Oh, I'm not turning round. By the grace of God, I'm going to wear the shining crown. Someday I'll keep holding on oh, to that nail-scarred hand. I'm not giving up. No, I'll keep holding on. Oh, I'm not giving up. I'm not turning round By the grace of God I'm gonna wear the shining crown Someday I'll keep holding on Oh, to that nail-scarred hand I'm not giving up No, I'll keep holding on Oh, I'm not giving up now